the rate of implied volatility per asset class. Where do you think the boys are going with this? Or boys and girls, whoever it is. The rate of implied volatility per asset class. I don't know. Let's take a look. So, over the last three months, implied volatility across um, across the equity markets and other assets have done have have done down have gone down. I'm sorry, have gone down quite a bit. See, I'm really good now because I play Wordle every day. Uh, oh, is that what it is? That yes. What it is? Yes. I play Wordle every day, so I have actually, you know, been able to read this stuff. Today, we're going to explore what the obviously nobody else has, but you. Today, we're going to explore what the rate of change is for the implied volatility decline on average in all markets, and then separate them by asset class. Okay, so the last three months, this person looked at the rate of change here. Yes. So, so, so our research team is correct. Over the last three months, implied volatility has really gotten whacked. Mm -hmm. um, and when we say it's gotten whacked, what it's done is it's actually normalized. It's come down to um, it's come down to a level where, you know, it probably should be. Mm -hmm. It was high for a year. It's finally come down to normal level. But today we're going to look at that rate of change for the implied volatility decline and um, and then take a look at it by different asset classes to see kind of, hey, maybe what's moved the most or the least or what has room to go. Let's see. Let's go to the next slide. So <clears throat> we looked at the implied volatilities in SPY, Q's, IWM, that's three different stock indices, gold, currencies, and crude oil since last October. And those, and the reason we did that is because if you remember last October, that was kind of the last high that we had in implied volatility. You remember they, they kind of, they scared the children in October. Yeah, yeah okay. most, most definitely. So. We then computed the average decline in the IV markets, in, in IV markets, and then we compared the declines in implied volatility from one asset class to the next, just to give you some context. Let's take a look. So on average, we saw assets lose around 40% of their implied volatility since October, but the majority of the loss happened in equities. Now just think about this for a second. When Stocks lose 40% of their implied volatility. Do you know what that means? On both sides. One, it means a fear factor of, we reduce the fear factor in the market by 40%. It's huge. You would think that that's, that's like moving a cruise ship in a tiny little, <laughs> in a bathtub type thing. <laughs> because when you start to think about it, how can all the global fear in a river? You meant like a no, no, no. I didn't. I'm saying it's like it's like you can't fit a you know either one. It doesn't matter. But you can't even imagine. Just think about this. Imagine taking forty percent of the fear out of the global, out of the global marketplace, out of the out of the whole scene, out of all the news, out of everything there is. Mm -hmm. How do you lose forty percent of all the fear since October? How's the world? You wouldn't think you could even if you tried. That's exactly my point. That's why it's a cruise ship and a bathtub. Okay? Because you couldn't think <laughs> about how to do it. Up, aren't you? I mean, well, here, here's the problem. When people think about the kind of the enormity of everything that we do and talk about and all this other kind of stuff, when you start to when you start to put you know real um, strategic ideas around it, it's almost impossible to fathom a 40% decline in implied volatility 
it, which With is nothing a changing anywhere. You talk about news being, you know, the reason why in the whole world moves. you can't take forty percent of the fear out of the world since October. It makes no sense at all, but it happened. That's crazy. And if you look here, you can see these are since October. When you put it that way, it's it's pretty compelling. It's crazy. Yeah, when you when you look at assets since October of twenty twenty two, in the spy forty percent. That's the S&P 500. That means 40% of all the fear, all the crap that everybody always talks about nonstop, it's over. 40% of that fear is gone. In the in the NASDAQ, 36%, and IWM, 40%. Those are the stock indices. Currencies down 30%, gold down 21%, and USO down 25%. That, that means a massive amount of fear came out of the markets. So what happens in the process? Well, the markets rally a little bit, okay? Because mm -hmm. less fear, they rally. And um, and and everything else kind of stabilizes. Makes kind of sense. When you put it like this, do you think the market's rallied enough since I? This is the gazillion dollar question. Have the markets rallied enough? This is the argument right now that the bulls are making. If you're a semiconductor bull, or if you're a, a S and P bull, or if you're a um, a tech bull, or I mean, a we're high almost unchanged since October. I understand. And and that's what I'm saying. That's the argument the bulls are making now is that, hey, we had a 40 percent decline in implied volatility. We need to see a 40 percent rally in the market. Huh. Hasn't happened yet, but I'm just saying. Sure. We've have had what a 20 percent rally off of the lows. Yeah, off of the lows since yeah. October. I don't remember what the October low was. Uh, was it 36.06 or was that a different low? Uh, let's see. An E-mini S and P's. Hold on one second. Yeah, approximately. 3606, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So you had basically a, well, it's a little over 10% rally. Yep. So, balls declined by 40% and the markets rallied only by 10%. I mean, you had that one spike down, and it was overnight to 3530 or so, but really yeah. tradable was. Since the majority of high implied volatility underlyings are concentrated in the equity space, um, the average starting IV was 45 in October. The equity indexes had the largest loss in terms of implied volatility on a percentage basis, dropping about 40% in three months. Assets with lower implied volatility to start, like currencies, gold, and oil, experienced drops of a sizable magnitude, but they were not as severe. There's a couple takeaways here. Fear is fear. Equity fear, it goes over into other different, you know, high implied volatility in equities, high implied volatility everywhere else. Volatility contracts, it contracts everywhere else. Sometimes more in certain places, in this case, more in the equity marketplace. All of that, all of that makes sense. But I think that the takeaway from, from today's discussion is just to look at the just the sheer size of the volatility contraction and how it impacted you know stocks more than anything else. Pretty crazy. That's when it. You look at it that way. Yeah. Good job. Good job by the team. Made me look at something differently. Let's take a quick ninety second break and come back. We got more Tatrick coming at you after this. Ooh, we got the Scott Sheridan coming house. This Tasty Live. Tasty. The content of this podcast is provided solely by Tasty Trade Inc. and are not the direct views or opinions of any of its affiliate companies. This content is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be, a research report, trading or investment advice, or a recommendation that any investment strategy, security, or futures product is suitable for any person. 
You are responsible for making your own investment decisions in light of your individual investment knowledge, objectives, and financial situation. Applicable supporting documentation for any claims, including claims made on behalf of options programs, comparison, recommendations, statistics, or other technical data will be supplied upon request. Tasty Trading is not a licensed financial advisor, registered investment advisor, or registered broker-dealer.